0: Welcome to East Got Game, an unofficial podcast for the NBL One East basketball competition. Join us as we review, preview and interview our way through the NBL One East to showcase your favourite new talents. My name is Jacinta Govind. I'm from the Central Coast Crusaders and joining me as co-host is the living legend and die hard Sutherland shark, Lockie France. Hello, Lockie.
1: G'day, Squint. It's great to be back.
0: Excellent. It is great to be back chopping it up about the NBL1 East. Clearly the most underrated NBL1 East competition in the country, would you say?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, look how we went in finals last year. Canberra almost beat Frankston. And, uh, you know, they got some wins and our champions, Aubrey and the women, beat Townsville. So,
0: yes, I don't think anyone was
1: expecting that.
0: Absolutely not. Aubrey Wadonga. Bandits without LJ for that tournament because we're so close to the Fever Women's World Cup, yet pulled off a win against Townsville, who still had the likes of Steph Reed and Courtney Woods and Mia Murray. So, yeah, the East mm-hmm. are turning up.
1: Certainly are. And, uh, We'll get a chance to talk about that, Aubrey team, very, very soon.
0: We sure will because this being our now second episode of Hopefully Many, we, this time we'll be going over the rosters for the NBL One East women's competition. Uh, as mentioned in our previous episode about the men's roster, we have seen the addition of quite a few, uh, I, I'm going to say new teams, but they're not new to New South Wales senior competitions or formerly known as Waratah competitions they are new to the NBL 1 East because they decided not to join in the inaugural season. But they are back and looking as competitive as ever. So just a reminder that the NBL 1 East competition actually starts on Saturday, March 11th, the first of all the NBL 1 comps. And you can watch all of the games on KO Freebies. So let's get to it, Lockie. Let's get through these current player rosters uh, as they stand or based on the information that is available to us. Kicking off with, as we just talked about, the Aubrey Wodonga Bandits.
1: Well, I know you'd say exactly the same. The thing we have to talk about first, the elephant in the room, is the players they've lost rather than the players they've gained because no. Lauren Jackson, Unique Thompson, I, Yamada, they made up 60% of the All-Star 5 in NBL 1 East last year and they will not be on court this season. And neither will the main backup to LJ and Unique, Amelia Hassett, because she is over killing it at junior college. But fortunately, they've signed Emma Mahady, a local product who dominated for Diamond Valley in NBL One South last season. And one of the great, great stories of this season, potentially, is the return of Ashley Hannon to the basketball court. Uh, She was an Australian junior star, briefly went over to college, came home and has not been sighted on a basketball court since. Wow. She is back for Aubrey Rodonga this season.
0: Perhaps a sign that uh, she needed a, a good break from basketball before she found her love for the game again.
1: Perhaps, not exactly sure what the story is, but it is so good to see her back on the court because she was outstanding throughout the junior ranks and up to even under-19s and under-20 nationals level.
0: And what kind of position does she play?
1: Uh, she She's a big, so she'll she'll play the four spot or maybe the five, depending, you know, this league does trend a bit smaller. So maybe they can slot her and Mahedi in there maybe as the four or five. But and they, they also they also have your favourite player, Brody Page Theodore back.
0: Yes, excellent.
1: As well as Casey Ardern, those two were integral to that grand final victory over Sutherland in NBL One East last year. I think we agree that Casey Ardern might not have won grand final MVP, but Aubrey aren't winning that grand final if she doesn't shoot, I think, four or five from three.
0: Well, yeah, I think between um, Casey and Brody Page We gave them our MVP votes for that NBL 1 East Women's Grand Final last season. So I think they would have been very close. Uh, The the MVP honours going to Unique Thompson, of course. Um, But I'm also really excited for Jade Crook, uh, who's also an up-and-coming junior, making some Australian camps. And best of all, uh, when LJ gave her captain's speech when they won the championship last season gave a shout-out specifically to Jade for pushing her at training um, and to being such a a great person to have in the squad. You know, I think she was only 15. So, I mean, to get a shout-out from the GOAT in front of a stadium full of people, I mean, that's got to be a highlight of your life, right?
1: Oh, 100%. But she's not the only young star. They've also uh, recruited Bridie White from West Wyalong, which I love to see a player from a smaller country association getting the uh, you know, call up, just like Amelia Hassett did after playing for Cootamundra. So, very interested to see how they go as they attempt to go back to back.
0: Yeah, be interesting to see how far they do go. Be interesting to see uh, when LJ's ready to get back into that fold as well. Um, but now we're going to roll into the next team, Bankstown. So this is one of the teams that is new to the NBL 1 East uh, Women's Comp. Um, it looks like quite a young team from the roster so far, Lockie.
1: It is. It has a lot of young players, but also a few older players as well. So you know, You've got young players like Abby Valance, um, Jennifer Miley, Jernia Moore-Straker, Lily Austin. But then you've got... Brianna Memoni and Jadine Barnes.
0: Yes, uh, formerly both Brianna and Jaden Hennessy. For those of uh, my vintage, they are they are back. And uh, Brianna was also a Australian junior way back in the day. I think she had a little bit of an opportunity with the Sydney Flames as well at some stage. But really, really great shooter, great scorer. Um, Jadeen Rees is a really great uh, defender. Um, they're going to bring a wealth of knowledge to this team,
1: and uh, they've also got um, Kiana Davis White. I think is a really underrated player, um, and she's always been a physical player. But she's also taken up playing um, Aussie rules as well, and I think that's only, uh, you know, made her, you know, better at taking, you know, the physicality. So looking forward to seeing what she can do. And it also looks like they might have an import in uh, Brittany Wright. So we we'll are interested to see how she goes.
0: Yeah, see what she offers. Have we got any intel on what position she's likely to
1: play? Uh, I think she was an extremely good rebounder. So let me have a look. Uh, so she, she's a forward. Uh, she actually played for Alabama State, the same school that Corey Homicide Williams played for. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so if she could be half the player he was. Perhaps yeah. probably a
0: few years to part. I don't, uh, apart. I don't think they would probably uh no. each other and say, hey, I know you.
1: No, but um, for those who don't know, I'm also big on women's college soccer and a lot of Aussies have played soccer at Alabama State. So I'm actually friends with someone who knows Brittany.
0: Wow, small world. Yeah. Small world of women's sport. I love that.
1: That's right. So she averaged 20 points and eight rebounds in conference play and was named all SWAC first team in 2017 in her senior year at Alabama State, Brittany was. Wow. So definite addition to the front court for them.
0: So uh, despite being one of the newer members of NBL One East for the women's comp this year, doesn't sound like they're going to be an easy feat.
1: No, well I, I mean I remember right back in the day they put up their posted trialist list and it was mostly, you know, players stepping up from youth league but they've really uh you know really bolstered bolstered their team. So, anyone who thought Bankstown would be a uh, a pushover this season think again, I think, because I mean they they played Sutherland without Lauren Nicholson and lost by 15 or so. I rolled out a bit in the end. But um, I don't think – if you think about Sutherland without Laura Nicholson, is probably still a lower mid-table team. You had to tack a couple of players onto Bankstown. You know, they're going to give teams a fair shake this season.
0: Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. You know, Bankstown's always been known for their physicality and their toughness, so I'm looking forward to seeing them make a big impact this season. Um, but as we roll on to the Canberra Nationals, uh, some – Uh, Canberra Capitals players are going to be uh, staying in this Canberra Nationals roster. So the likes of Chloe Tulliak, Lizzie Tonks, Abby Solway are all returning for the Nats after their recent season with the Caps. Uh, The name that stands out to me that's an addition is Bianca Dufelmeyer.
1: Definitely. Well, she was meant to play last season and um, injury prevented her from doing so and I mean, they, they lose Kristen Langhorn and Abby Morton, but aside from that, they bring back just about everyone. So, I mean, they, they probably underperformed last year, finishing mm-hmm. just outside the finals, but bringing Bianca back, that is a massive in. And if they can convert the talent they have into the results it deserves,
0: yeah, they're a really, definitely
1: a finals chance.
0: Yeah, and a really good addition with Bianca replacing, as you said, Kristen Langhorn, who can be... Uh, a real uh, hard task under the basket. Um, I feel like they, are they perhaps missing someone else? Um, where do we know where Abby Morton has moved to?
1: Oh, Abby Morton's playing in college. So ah, she's okay. playing D1 college. So she's not allowed to play um, in the, in the college off season.
0: Fair. Yeah. And, and
1: uh, they, no, also, no. they also um, have Abby um, Keetles, who was their Waratah one championship winning coach last season. So she's now apparently a full-time member of the NBL1 East roster.
0: Excellent. So she's also uh, making her way up the pathway. Mm. Good to see. And Nat Hurst, of course, returning to the coaching duties. So we've got the likes of Nat Hurst, Lizzie Tonks, um, Chloe Tuliak, all, and Abby Solway, who are all also locals, um, staying in their hometown program, which is which we really like to see. Um, and then we're going to drive all the way up to Central Coast for the Central Coast Crusaders, looking like a much healthier roster than last season and perhaps, oh, the season before that was a pretty good roster. But, yeah, looking good with numbers, a lot of youth, a lot of talent and some more people returning that we love to see, Lockie.
1: We certainly do love to see some of these returners. Jazz Forcadilla, Danica Rowe uh, and the big one, Maddie Penn. Yeah. Very
0: excited for Maddie Penn to return. So those who don't know Maddie Penn, uh, you know, also Australian junior. Um, She tried it out at college at uh, Virginia Tech, ended up finishing a college career, I think, at um, British Columbia in Canada, Um, but had some pretty severe back injuries that sidelined her for a really long time. But her desire to play never burnt out, so she's worked her way up to being able to get back on court again. She's, I think she's looking and feeling really, really good. Um, she's a really tall, long, sharp shooter that can play um, the two or the three, maybe even a stretch four if the Crusaders get desperate. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she's going to join other shooters like uh, Jonalyn Witwer. Um, we've also seen Paris Witwer added to the List, who was formerly Paris Forcadilla, but Johnny and Paris obviously got married in the off-season, so congratulations to them. And Sarah Matthews is returning, thankfully. But is there anyone else on this roster that you're excited to see?
1: I'll uh, With Muffy Loder on her way up to Rockhampton, that does leave a bit of a hole. So I'm excited to see Erica Pittman not return to Hornsby from Hills, but overshoot and end up at Terrigal. Which is oh, something I wasn't quite expecting to see.
0: Me either. I was stoked. We got uh, Erica Pittman. She's a really great player, very, very uh, smart point guard. I think she's going to fit in really well with this group and perhaps provide um, very adequate, if not more, than uh, to fill the shoes of Muffy Loda. Um So I'm really excited to see her play. We also welcome Casey Quigley, who has just finished her junior career with Hornsby, um, and Nicole Hutchins is back, so uh, it's good to see her back in the fold. So it's looking like a very good uh, Central Coast Crusaders team. Good mixture of experience and core players and also youth coming up in the ranks with Brianna Kelly. Um, I'm really hoping that they can do better than last season and I, I really believe that they will to be honest.
1: I do too. I mean I mean they would they only win four games last year. I certainly believe they can uh. Do much better than that this season. And uh, you know, if not, challenge for finals, at least be a very a nuisance kind of team. My favorite kind of teams are the nuisance teams.
0: Yeah. <laughs> teams you just
1: hate to play against. The teams you know you should beat and then you don't.
0: And they're always, oh, you always feel under threat. Always feel yeah. under threat with them.
1: That's right.
0: Now, this team, next team, is definitely go- not going to be a nuisance team, but. I feel like they're going to be quite a dominant team, and that is the COE, Lockie. What, tell us what you know about this squad.
1: Well, they dominated in uh, the Wildcard series last year under admittedly weird circumstances where the East, they didn't play the East teams till right at the end of the season of the Wildcard, so most of them were just using it as a preparation game for finals. But with that said, you could tell a fairly major difference in class uh, for the most part. Uh, of course, I think the one we've got to talk about first is Coffs Harbour's own Isla Juffermans, who won the Bob Staunton medal as uh, MVP of under-20s nationals in leading New South Wales to their second gold in three years. Wow. Uh, no. Her battles with Jessica Petrie... In that tournament, who will also be on this Coe team, only spell trouble for opposing front courts because if they're that good against each other, imagine how they're going to go against some players you know who are not maybe not quite at that level.
0: Yeah, um, and I mean the youth uh, youth aside, we we can't underestimate them just because they're a little bit younger. But listen. <laughs> RIP to anyone that has to guard Isla Juffman. Uh, her footwork and her touch under the basket is uh, really, really admirable. So I'm looking, I hope that she can play most games because I feel like sometimes these COE squads, you know, they'll announce the full team and then we don't really know who's actually suiting up until the day of. So you might make the effort to go and see Isla Juffman uh, or the likes of even Summer Hansen and Opal Bird. Saffron Shields, you know, the list goes on. You wanna go and see them in the flesh, and then they may be rested that day without notice. So I hope that this roster is consistent and that um we'll be able to see a lot of that talent uh day in, day out.
1: That's um, right. I also want to you also gotta mention they do also have um Sarah Portlock Portlock at six foot eight, who is probably rawer than Jufferman's or Petrie, but When you've got a six foot eight product, you really hope to see them get molded into something that can, someone who can really, really produce at the next level.
0: And Petrie's got the advantage of being genetically blessed by two very talented basketball parents in Sarah Berry and Anthony Petrie, who both played professionally. Um, So, look, I don't think she had a choice, but other than to be a basketball player.
1: And she's done, she's doing quite well at it. As, I mean, as are all these players, we saw a lot of them. We know we saw Sienna Harvey and Summer Hanson um, play last year in the Wild Card Series, Jada Clark as well.
0: And I'm excited uh, because Jess Petrie is going to go to the University of Nebraska where Jazz Shelley and Izzy Bourne uh, are currently absolutely killing it over there with. So uh, this may be the last chance for a little while that we'll be able to see Jess Petrie play on our
1: on our shores. That's right. I will have to remember to pack my Nebraska jersey when they play Sutherland.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Hopefully your hometown club of Sutherland won't hold that against you, though.
1: Uh, What can you
0: do? So be it. Take the risk. That's right. All right, another team. So COE, Bankstown COE, as we mentioned, new additions to NBL1 East Women's Comp and as is this team, the Sydney Comets looking like a pretty decent roster with a pretty decent coach in Shelly Gorman uh, for their first time in the competition. Straight off the back, we've got Vanessa Panousis back in her home colours.
1: That's right. I mean, we all know what Vanessa Panousis can do. She can shoot the lights out. She can handle the ball. She can distribute, play the point guard or off the ball if she really needs to. And after a season helping lead Sutherland, alongside Lauren Nicholson to a grand final appearance. She's back to attempt to do the same with her hometown club. Mm. And it is a very, it's a very Comets roster. You know, they haven't had to go outside and lure players in from other clubs in order to build a competitive roster. The only one you could really say is truly not a Comet Comet is Hannah Griffin from Maitland.
0: Yeah, that's correct. Hannah has made the move from Maitland to Sydney uh, she's been living in Sydney a little while now. I think she was on the train-on squad for the Sydney Flames, so she was getting a lot of experience under Shelley and next to the likes of Pernussis. Um, The same with Jada Crawshaw. So she was one of the DPs for the Comets, uh, also part of that gold medal-winning team of um, the Under-20s New South Wales team that recently won. Um, now I'm going to put it out there, Lockie. I've heard this rumour from multiple sources now. That Shiloh Hill is going to go into play for Sydney Comets this season.
1: Wow, that's a turn up. And that would be a major, major game changer if they can put Shiloh Hill and Vanessa Panousas next to each other. That's that's top backcourt in the league kind of territory if you can put those two next to each other. I mean, Sutherland will have... Pardon me, Lauren Nicholson and Callie are together. Uh, but that would be massive.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the likes of Panusis, Heal, Croshaw, all having that experience of playing together mm. um, under Shelley. I imagine Shelley going to implement similar systems to what was implemented at Sydney Flames. You know, these guys are going to be competitive.
1: That's right. And they've got Alexandra K. Ruse, who was on that New South Wales under-20s team. They've got uh, Michaela Minshall, Piper Anderson, and Sarah Waitcher, who are all in the grand final team in youth league last season, and I've got Megan Canalano coming back to us provide some veteran veteran presence as well. So plenty, and you know they've only announced ten players, but it's a very, very, very strong list of ten players so far.
0: And the Comets Youth League women's team were very competitive last year too. I think they, they made it to the final against and just lost to Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Um, so even though they've listed 10 on their roster now, I'm sure they'll be able to get, you know, borrow a couple of really quality players from the Youth League team as well.
1: Definitely. I mean, if you think maybe they pick up, like they need help in the front court, maybe an Ella Pinkerton goes in there or something like that. We don't know. There's... You know, they've named a few players who are still youth league eligible, but they've got plenty more in reserve.
0: Sounds good. Now, another team uh, staying in the, relatively in the metro area is the Hills Hornets. Um, I can see the likes of Cassandra um, Petney is back. Uh, Kelsey Curtin. Now, did she play last season for Hills or is this her first season?
1: No, she's been at Hills for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she originally she was from Horns, playing for Hornsby before, but she's been at Hills for a while now. Uh, I think the two biggest inclusions are the second last and third last name on your list, Wendy Strong.
0: Yes, bring who that's has Wendy Strong?
1: Who has been playing for? Well, the Waratah League website stats only go back to two thousand and three, and she's in that season, so.
0: Yes, I mean, even if it was since 2003, that's t- legit 20 years.
1: That's right. There are literally players on the roster who weren't born then. And then the other one is one of the most athletic players in NBL One East, Taylor Cotties, coming back after giving birth. So she was missed a lot last season and she was pregnant and now she is back for yeah. the Hills Hornets.
0: Awesome. They certainly missed her last season, I can imagine. And then for those who don't know, Wendy Strong, despite having such a long playing history, she is really tough under the basket. Like she she used to lead the league in rebounds. And if she wasn't leading, she was second or third.
1: That's right. And they're going to need her because, I mean, they're going to need both of them. They're going to need everyone to step up this season on that roster because they've lost Erica Pittman, they've lost Rachel Lavarkey, They've lost Journey Moore-Straker to Bankstown, Lavaki and Moore-Straker to Bankstown. And Alana Goodchild, who played for them last season before heading to college, is now at college at Northwestern University. So she won't be playing NBL1 East either. So definitely a good thing to have both those players back. They've got Taryn Marnie back, who's going to be great on defense again. Uh, Brittany Sewell returns to the roster for a first time in a few years. Uh, and Ella Leisawasu, uh former New South Wales junior representative, played Hornsby Youth League, is suiting up for Hills now.
0: Awesome. So it sounds like they've managed to jostle some really good pieces back into the gaps that were missing um, to keep them relatively competitive. Now, they, weren't, they were still competitive last season, um, but I feel like I, I wonder, though, if this roster might be, while it's different, maybe a tad bit stronger.
1: It could be in a way. Uh depends. I mean, losing... Oh, they've also... Sorry, I mentioned Erica Pittman, but Paris Roditas also isn't mentioned. So oh, that's, yeah. That's two point guards gone. So that could be an area yeah. where they have to... Even if they can slot someone in to play the point, it could take a while to get everything rolling in a competitive situation.
0: Yeah, Paris Roditas has been a... Um... Some a long-standing Hills Hornets point guard in the youth league and in Waratah, NBL uh, one status for a while now. So yeah, interesting that she's not uh, suiting up this season. Well,
1: I know she's been playing. She's been doing double duty playing Aussie rules as well. So I don't know if she just hasn't been listed yet, or if she's decided that you know footy's the sport for her, or what's going on going on there. I guess we'll uh, we'll see on Saturday.
0: We sure will. Um, and now let's take it over to Hornsby, another of the new teams in the NBL One East Conference uh, competition. And look, I'll be completely honest with you, Lockie. Like I said in our episode uh, about the men's rosters, I recognize two names on this roster Sarah Cherry, uh, Tyler Mundine, coached by Alicia Poto. The rest, I'm going to need you to talk me through it.
1: Okay. Well, of the two, the two you mentioned, and then Maddie De La Franca also played Youth League and a bit of Waratah for Hornsby way, we were talking five years ago. Uh, I think she moved to Melbourne for a little bit, but she's back now. And I believe the entire rest of that squad, so Ashley Thacker, Cara Bishop, Hannah Chen, Isabella Zielkowski, Jess Knight, Maddie Davey and Sabrina De La Franca are all still Youth League eligible. So they are all making the step up from Youth League despite still having years to play in that competition. Uh, so it's going to be a lot is going to go through Cherry and Mundine at this stage. And it could be a sink or swim season for some of these players. We, we shall see.
0: We shall see, absolutely. I know that uh, fo- on photo day they only had five of their women's players arrive so I was feeling a little bit worried about what their roster was going to look like in terms of numbers and depth if they didn't only had a few people for photo day but good to see they filled a roster of 10 so far so we'll see It'll be interesting to see how those roster numbers change over the season with, um, fatigue and, and injury
1: and I mean as I said with the Hornsby men's team and all of these new teams um it's going to be they Starting off one year behind is almost like starting again. Mm. Uh, so it's it's a little easier if you manage to maintain like a Waratah 1 team to pick players from. But if you're starting a whole new senior program again, even after one year out, it can be very difficult. So it's going to be a process.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Hopefully they'll be able to stick together through thick and thin of this season because it's you know, with the 16-team season now, it's going to be a lot more competitive and a lot and a bit longer. So, um, I think that it'll be a mental game by the time we get to the final rounds. Um, but we roll down south. Illawarra women are back in the competition. Oh, I shouldn't say back. Well, they are back because they were there last year, so they're back again. But this time the roster does look a bit different. I can see Ella Dent has returned, thankfully, because I love how she plays. Um, and also Mel Kirby has returned, and Madison Delaney. But that is not who you're excited about, is it? I am not excited.
1: I, I, sorry, please. I am always excited about Ella Dent, Mel Kirby and Madison Delaney. Don't get me wrong. But with Tyler Scaife last season's import and front court star Georgia Ordorf out, the fact that Courtney Jardine, who you may know as Courtney Dean, and Lauren Gatwood, who you may know as WNBL champion Lauren Sparks, are back for Illawarra.
0: So good. So good. When you told me that, uh, I think it was last week you told me that they were playing or earlier this week you told me that they were playing, uh, couldn't believe it. I'm really, really glad to see both of them back on court, both exceptional players, both exceptional role players. Um, I think they're going to do a really good job guiding this team uh, this season. I feel like last season the Hawks women perhaps also were one of those teams I feel like underperformed and I think they were lacking a little bit of leadership and direction, but with Lauren Gatwood, you know, Lauren Sparks back, I mean, they're going to be in the best hands.
1: Yeah, I mean, they finished fifth and even – but, I mean, they, they finished fifth and then lost a um, qualifying final, but it felt like they could have done even more. Mm. And now – and they've also got, you know, Beck Abel is back, the, you know, the Tasmanian Devil – and they've got uh, Chelsea Hogg. So they've added a few players and, you know, they'll lose a couple, bring a couple in. But, you know, with those two, two experienced players and especially Courtney having that height that not every team is going to have, that's going to be a real point of difference for them.
0: Oh, yeah, because she's tall and she's long. She's got serious reach. Um, and I was going to say, oh, the other thing about this Hawks team, like you said, they did finish fifth, but... The times I watch them, I think they're a little bit inconsistent. So I think, you know, to refine what I said before, I hope that they have a little bit more consistency in their success this season as well. All right, should we roll on and into the Inner West Bulls?
1: We should because I think they're going to be slightly better this season than their one win of 2022, which was their first win in program history and full credit to them for picking that up. Sorry for mentioning that, to you. Central Coast <laughs> legend.
0: Oh, look, I love an underdog story, so I'll take the L when I need to. <laughs> uh,
1: but, yes, yeah, so they've picked up, obviously, the big pickup is Michaela Domkins Ooh. down from Maitland. So that's an in. They've picked up uh, two Japanese players who last year were playing with Dubbo in the Western Regional League. Uh I uh, actually messaged a player I know who played in that regional league. She told me there are small, speedy guards. Uh, So their names are Ai Matsumoto and Shiho Yamazaki. Um, Interestingly, Tasman Haynes stays with Inner West and didn't go back to Bankstown.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, I wonder if that was a case of what Inner West were able to offer. Compared to Bankstown, was it a roster thing? Was it a location thing even?
1: Perhaps. Well, I'm not, not entirely sure of the story, but either way, to see Tasman Haynes in a jersey other than Bankstown at a time when Bankstown are in the competition will be definitely different. And uh, they also have a young guard, Naomi Reed, coming down from Queensland as she looks to prepare herself for college. Looking, apparently she's looking to go to college and hoping to get some playing time in NBL One East, showcase awesome. her talent.
0: Awesome. I mean, uh, speedy Japanese guards, when, you, when they were described as, you know, speedy guards um, and anyone that has watched enough international basketball to know how speedy some Japanese players can be. <laughs> I think I'm already predicting a great matchup between the likes of these uh, uh, Matsumoto and Yamazaki and the likes of Braid, uh, P- Brodie Page Theodore. I almost like joined her two names together then. Brodie Page Theodore and Casey Ardern, who are really great on-ball defenders. Um, I'm hoping that that's going to be a very strong matchup in that game.
1: Just rereading what the scout scouting report I got. Also, not not afraid of contact. These,
0: oh, nice. Uh, Neither are the guards from Albury, so. No. <laughs> It's going to be our own version of a Rochi wallace duel. <laughs> um, all right, so Inner West looking pretty good. New some new uh, uh, Japanese players. Michaela Domkin's going to be the anchor for them under the basket. She averaged a double-double last season, and Maitland are fools for not getting her back. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, speak, speaking of Maitland.
0: Speaking of, yeah. would you want to give us a bit of a wrap of the Maitland-Mustangs women's team for this season?
1: Well, as you just mentioned, they lost Michaela Domkins. They also lost Hannah Griffin to Comet, so that's two big outs. But they've, they've replaced them pretty well. They've managed to lure home local hero and one of my absolute favourite players in the league, Shakira Riley, home from Mount Gambier. Um, well, firstly Canberra, then Mount Gambier. And they've also secured an import, um, Sydney Hunter, who played at the University of San Diego. So playing in the West Coast Conference, she'll have plenty of experience playing against Aussies. And she's also spent time playing in the Turkish League. So she is, uh, she was listed at six foot. Uh, looks like she could play guard for maybe a two-three, maybe a four, depending on height lineups. She's uh, definitely a very good rebounder. And they also, a name I did not expect to see uh, was Kelsey Moss over from Newcastle.
0: Yeah, oh. me too, because mm. Kelsey Moss has been like a through and through uh, Newcastle hunter, then Falcon for a mm. very long time. I was also surprised to see her on the Maitland Mustang roster.
1: That's right. But they've uh, kept a lot of the same players, Dale Walker, Hannah Fox, uh Young star who is going to the University of San Diego where Hunter played is uh, Mila Waskovic and Bet Galego You know they've and Shannon Burton. A lot of players returning, so it's almost. Dompkins Griffin out, Riley and Hunter in. So yeah. hopefully with a year under their belt, with a very similar roster, some of these young players got an extra year of experience. They can uh, tack on a few more wins than they are uh, managed last season because they were. I think they were better than their records suggested. I think they only won was it three games last season. Finished uh, second bottom, only ahead of Inner West. So I think I think their roster is better was better than that last year and could be better than that again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the last couple of years because I think Maitland for a long time the women's team would were, were only playing state league, uh, which is now just now just called Waratah, I guess. Um, and so I remember when they, f- that first year, they took the leap into uh, champion uh, championship, which is now nbl 1. Everyone was a little bit shaky in how they would go, but they've honestly gone strength to strength since they've came into this uh, top tier semi pro competition here in New South Wales. Um, so, full credit to them. They've done a great job recruiting. I know that Shaq is really, really excited to be back home and spending another season at home and a family close by. Um, also, I know she, you said she's one of your all-time favourite players in this league especially, but also just a great human. Oh, like,
1: 100%. Person.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really excited for Maitland. I probably, you know, me trying to be unbiased now without my <sighs> Central Coast Crusaders hat on because Maitland always being one of our rivals. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for them and I hope that they can grow on the success of the last few years of them growing this um, semi-pro women's program they've got there. Probably a bit of instability in terms of rosters and especially coaching staff, but hopefully that won't um, have too much of a negative effect.
1: And don't forget they do have championship pedigree because when the league was cancelled due to COVID, they went and won a local Maitland Comp netball title. (laughs)
0: there you go. I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) So there you go. That's
0: hilarious. Really um, making lemonade out of lemons there.
1: That's right.
0: Hilarious. Um, All right. We're going swooping into Manly with the Manly Warringah Seagulls. (laughs) This was one of the rosters that we were keeping a close eye on, that we had very little information up until the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, But – it looks like some of the nice, uh, the homestays are back. Alex <laughs> Delaney, Bree Delaney, Kimberly Hodge, and we've got two of the three Hendersons that we know of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> two of the three that we know of.
0: <laughs> How many more are there? I know that there's obviously Antonia and Felicity playing uh, NBL one East this season and we know that Cat uh, is over in – Cat, yes. Kitty. Kitty. Gosh. Yes. RIP me, I'm cancelled now. Henderson is over uh, in college playing for Columbia. So they're the three I know. Are there any more Hendersons?
1: That's enough. They're, they're, they're all good.
0: They're all good. They're all really good. I'm pretty sure Felicity's due to go to college to Columbia herself after this season.
1: She is. So she'll be there with Kitty. Wow. RIP That's- the Ivy League. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: A shout-out to Kitty, uh, just to make up for calling you the wrong name before, uh, honourable mention in uh, the Ivy League over there as well for her season.
1: But, yes, as you mentioned, not a lot of uh, – well, I guess a lot of players back, they haven't really brought in anyone from other clubs. They have lost – Meg Jeffs isn't playing this season, Holly Wills has gone to Norths, and Rose Nelson is over at Fordham University. But aside from that, you know, you've got both your Delaney's, Kim Hodge, Josie Borman. Both your Hendersons, Maya Jelena, Sari Mowbray, and Zoe Miller. So a lot of players returning from a set team that was very, very good last season.
0: They were. I still feel like I'm going to be greedy again, but I still feel like they could have given me a little bit more. This team, there were, there were definitely periods in some of their games where uh, everything on offense just kind of stopped. Uh, they lost their flow, they lost their ball movement, and then they'd find themselves in really tricky situations in games. But I'm hoping now that they've got Nathan Kerwin as their coach, um, as you said in our previous episode, he used to coach the men's team for a really long time. I wonder if he's going to put in some different systems to get the best out of a lot of their shooters.
1: We shall see. And, it, I mean, you've got to remember as well that players like Fliss – Ansari and Zoe are now all a year old. They've all got a, another year of experience. And if you remember Zoe Miller in the qualifying final against Newcastle, where she just took over in the last 90 seconds and just, Manly had no right to win that game before Zoe decided. <laughs> like just the way the situation of the game, not in general, just the yeah, situation just the of the situation game at that with... time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Zoe was like, no, we're winning. And they won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they nearly beat Sutherland in the semis.
0: Yeah. She just really took, like you said, really took over that qualifying final was definitely one of the highlights, I think, of the whole NBL One East uh, women's competition. She, yeah, she was on a mission. She's like, I'm going to put an end to this. All right. And we're going to go home as winners and then we're going to book our ticket in the semi final. It was, oh, yeah, it was really, really great. And I'm really glad it happened to her. Uh, like a uh, shouldn't say happened to, but I'm really glad it was at the hands of an up and coming player <laughs> as well because you know traditionally we we look to our bigger players like your Delaneys or your Hodges and here comes Zoe Miller. she's like, nah guys guys, I've got this. It's Miller time. Miller time. <laughs> now, that is definitely one of your own uh, <laughs> phrases, isn't it? I think that's something you need to trademark, Rocky. Uh,
1: I think the uh, Miller Brewing Company has dibs on that.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I see. So you kind of borrow from little uh, little niche references and stuff like that. Yeah, I love,
1: a I love a niche reference. But you talk about up-and-coming players. I mean, Manly won Youth League last year, so they've got players coming through as well. Alana Reddy, Chloe Dix, Ella Gale, Georgia Banks are all listed on the roster. Not sure how much playing time all four of those will get. Um, word around the traps is that Reddy and Dix are maybe the more likely, but I don't know. Anything could play out during the season. They could all get plenty of playing time. You just never know. But very good roster. Finished six last year, but showed in the finals that they're a very good team. And despite the losses they've had, Uh, they can come back just as strong in 2023.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see them. Um, And I think it's, yeah, not so much a bad thing having some of the youth league players up now in the NBL 1 roster, but um, Manly are going to be a very competitive team for a while because even their under-18s last season were very talented. Um, So, yeah, they've got got longevity in this women's program. Um, So, yeah, they're not going away anytime soon.
1: No, and I mean, you think of some of the coaches they have in that system, not just Kerwin and Rad Radden coaching the youth league women, but, you know, their NBL One East women's assistant coach is Gail Henderson and their youth league women's assistant coach last year was Brian Delaney.
0: Yeah, and if you don't know Gail Henderson and Brian Delaney, please go and look it up because they are legends and deserve your respect.
1: (laughs) They definitely do. That's like combined basketball IQ of like 400 between them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So please, if you don't know them, please look them up and respect them because they deserve it. Um, So let's roll on to Newcastle. Now, this is another uh, roster that has been you know, popped up in the last 24, 48 hours. I think the only signing I knew for Newcastle's women's team was Nicole Munger. Um, We were talking some time ago, Lockie, whether she was going to stay in Canberra or come back to Newcastle, considering she made such a great impact and seemed to really enjoy herself under the UC Caps program recently. Mm -hmm. Would have made sense if she just stayed to play uh, um, for the Canberra Nationals, but she has come back for Newcastle and – Looks like she's got pretty good company in this team.
1: Definitely does because, you know, I'm not going to say I was worried because I knew Newcastle would find someone to take Kyra Evans' spot and, to a lesser extent, Amelia Radovator, two bigs who are now off at college. Of course, Kyra Evans, Bob Staunton medalist in uh, 2021, leading New South Wales to gold in the under-20s and playing for Australian youth national teams. But... I've got Alison Ebseri back, which is massive. Of course, Newcastle. Well, the name Ebsery is synonymous with Newcastle basketball. But Alison uh, won a championship there, and also went up and played in WNBL with Townsville. And Abby Curtin, former Hornsby, North, Kilsyth, and Melbourne Rebels rugby player, <laughs> is playing basketball for the Newcastle Falcons this season.
0: So do you have any intel as to how she found herself in Newcastle, Lockie?
1: Absolutely zero at this stage. Uh, yeah, not entirely to. sure.
0: We might have to hit up the gram and do some snooping.
1: That's right.
0: Or we could just ask someone. That's probably the more sensible thing to
1: do. That that probably also is something we could do. But, uh, well, I, hopefully she's uh, playing against Sutherland this week and we can find out then.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm glad that she's back. I mean, it was great for her to go to South and um, have a season with Kilsyth, who are generally quite competitive as well. Um, But thank you for coming back, Abikun, and donning a New South Wales Country Club jersey because she's traditionally in Metro.
1: That's right.
0: Um, But I'm really keen, Nicole Munger, Hannah Chicken is, uh, you know, played 18s. Emily Foy is also in that under-20s kind of roster. I think she recently made an Australian camp too, Emily Foy, if I'm not mistaken. I might have to double-check that. But who's the other big uh, big addition and unexpected addition to this roster, Lockie?
1: Well, it's got to be Sophie Cleman, doesn't it?
0: Sophie Cleman. Hello.
1: What's the story? I don't know. Just colour me happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh for those who don't know, because Sophie Cleman, Newcastle Jr., played alongside Katie Ray Ebsory really great, uh, smart, feisty point guard. Also went to uh Troy State uh in Alabama for uh, D1 College. Um and the last time I heard she was living out west.
1: She was, she played a bit of um she played Regional League for Orange, or maybe even some State League for Orange. And before that, she was well, before she, her second stint at Newcastle, she was playing Siebel for Albury.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she but, was. Um so she was playing Regional League for Orange. I think she ended up playing State League a cup one or two years for Bathurst.
1: Yes. yes. Um
0: and I think they actually won one year, a championship one mm. year, actually, but yeah, really great to see her back as well. Um, I feel like she's going to add a little bit of stability to this team. I I hope that she will be a really nice facilitator for Munger on transition. She'll have Kate Kingham in transition for some threes. Um, probably someone that can uh, nurture the likes of Annabelle Stubbs as well. But, yeah, this roster is looking pretty hot.
1: I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, yeah, they've... Not lost a huge amount, but they've uh definitely are uh, yeah brought brought some big names in, and uh, you know some of them have had some um, time away from the game. But you know, if they can return to what they are to what they used to be, hmm. yeah, watch out. Yeah, definite definite chance to uh make a repeat finals trip. Definite big chance.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's really funny, actually. This might be a slightly shady story, but I'm pretty sure I've got this right. When uh, Kyra Evans was under-16s, the uh, NBL 1 East Newcastle coach for this season was the state coach at the time and actually cut Kyra Evans from the squad uh, <laughs> when, when they cut to, the like, the 16, not even when they cut to the final 10. Wow. Yeah, cut Kyra Evans, and then he eventually invited her back into the squad, Mm -hmm. kind of went back on his decision. She ended up making the team, makes All-Australian, makes the COE, and now she's at Michigan. So just imagine Mm -hmm. cutting Kyra Evans (laughs) from your 16 squad prematurely. I'm glad he saw the error of his
1: ways. Saw the light.
0: Saw the light. He saw the light. Um, Now we are going to roll on to the Mighty North Bears. Also a very solid-looking team with a lot of people returning, a lot of people who have played for North for a long time with Renee Gallup at the helm again. What, who are you liking in this roster? Because there have been some new additions.
1: They certainly have. So, aside, you know, you've got your, your, old, your old standards, uh, Kate Seabom, Maddie O'Hare, Emily Simon, Sarah Shika. but they have really stacked up on the young talent. Caitlin Martin... Holly Wills, and fresh off 24 points in an AJCU 20s gold medal game, Emma Donnelly.
0: Wow, did she have 24 in the gold medal game?
1: Yes, I'm pretty sure that was her final, final tally.
0: Baller. I mean, she's also been one of the DPs next to Jada Croshaw for the Sydney Flames. Oh, I think um, most
1: people thought she was going to suit up for Comets in NBL won this year because that is yeah. a home club.
0: Yes, that is a good point. Home club, you know, back with Shirley, who she's been acquainted now with at the Comets. But no, it was, uh, it was the Renee Gallup effect. Mm-hmm. She was able to recruit these really, really talented young athletes. Also really like Caitlin Martin had to coach against her last year when she was 18s and we thankfully got the win, but she's also someone that's super talented. I think I saw her name on an on an Aussie list somewhere, but I could be mistaken again. She
1: also had a uh, short stint at Coe last year. One of those kind of back of the year.
0: Ah, oh, there you go. So maybe mm. I'm maybe I'm kind of uh, my instincts are right. Perhaps that um, she was on some kind of Aussie camp roster. Um, but yeah, I really like how she plays. Um, really like how Holly Will's plays as well. How do you see them fitting into? the very long-standing existing dynamic that is this North team.
1: I don't think Renee's like going to go out of a way to sign young players unless she knows they can all fit together. And especially having Carla Pittman already on the roster. So that's a player who's played New South Wales with Caitlin and Emma. And also so, in
0: a healthy squad too.
1: Yes. So, you know, I... I don't see any trouble with any of them fitting in. Um, I mean, so they might have to bide their time a bit, but players of this caliber—I mean, Carla Pittman showed that she can step right in—and just Izzy Morgan went to college at Davidson. In comes Carla Pittman, and uh, I mean, North haven't really—all they've lost is really Jazz Cadilla, who was on a—you um, know—was an injury replacement last year. They haven't really—and—and and, sorry, and Riley Evans. So two oh, yeah. two two major yeah. losses. Um, So maybe they won't have to bide their time as much, especially maybe Caitlin gets a bit of an extra run in the backcourt. Uh, but, I mean, they, they, they wouldn't move. I mean, Caitlin wouldn't move from Penrith to North. You wouldn't move from Comets to North, or especially Manly to North, unless you thought it was going to be the best thing for your career.
0: Oh, absolutely. And like you said, Jazz Forcadiola did come into this uh, North squad at the end of the last season as an injury replacement. The likes of Maddie O'Hare having a back injury for most of the time, and Simon's had a couple of injuries as well here or there. Um, so I feel like I really hope Maddie is healthy and ready for this next season, so she can play most of it. But yeah, lots of young talent as backup. So
1: and yeah, and yeah, um, and, yeah Riley's going to be the one they really have to. Uh, Replace. She was scoring for fun last season, and maybe they do it by committee.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whose turn is it going to be this week? That's right. Yeah, she was an. Ex- she's an exceptional three point shooter.
1: That's right. Um. Norse Norse lost is uh. I believe Gold Coast Gold Coast game.
0: Has she officially signed with Gold Coast for NBL One?
1: Uh, Rollers. She, she well. She's up on the Gold Coast, so I would guess it would be one of those one of those clubs, but fortunately we can check these things.
0: Correct. Um, while we check that, I think we'll roll on to the second last team we're going to cover, which is Penrith, another, the final new team that's added to NBL1 East. Uh, look, I'm going to be completely honest. I was really surprised that A, Penrith had a roster of 14 players, B, Emily Matthews is back playing, but i'm also very impressed with that they were one of the first teams if not the first team of NBL1 East to announce their whole roster in due time loved that from penrith
1: yeah they did i think they announced just about everyone except talia Tupaya.
0: <laughs> what a big signing big <laughs> signing dave hico Dave Hicko. Oh my gosh. You can tell that I've been doing this too long. Davo Hickey level signing for Penrith.
1: Legit. So you put Tali Tupaya, Meg Jefferson, Emily Matthews, Dominika Faber, or as you may know her, Chuck Offner. There's four players that can really, you know, provide a great starting foundation for this team. And two 1990s or very early 2000s WNBL players in Brooke McInnes and Francis Fedina. Blast from the yeah. past.
0: Yeah, definite blast from the past. So they've done a really good job bringing both of those players out. Um, have you and uh, have you perhaps spoken to Emily Matthews about her return?
1: I spoke to her about the two Japanese players playing for inner West.
0: Yep. Not not, not
1: so much about her, but um, I just want to make mention on the subject of Emily Matthews and Brooke McInnes that uh, Penrith, when they announced Matthews and McInnes' signing, they made a real point of talking about how they want to connect with the clubs over the mountains that maybe – don't have the players to put together a team that can play at Waratah MBL1 level. Because of the Western Regional League, and I mean, driving from Lithgow to Gilgandra is bad enough. I mean, I used to play Western Premier League soccer for a team in Dubbo, and we had to travel to Cowra. And that's three and a half hours each way. So, Western Regional League's big enough without all the travel involved in a state league comp. So, if Penrith can really tap into that area, Bathurst, Orange, Lithgow, Dubbo, Mudgee, fingers crossed. (laughs) Um, That can reap so many benefits, not just for Penrith, but for the associations out West if they know there is a pathway for them beyond playing Waratah 1 or Western Regional League. Mm. And I just just really hope that that really comes to fruition and it's more than just getting, you know, a couple of already well-established players down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely lots of talent there. And to to stretch that far, I think, is a really, really smart idea. Um, But uh, I'm looking forward to this team. I'm looking forward to seeing the likes of um, Meg Jefferson back on our shores. Yeah. College career. I think she ended her college career um, a little bit. But by her own choice, I think she ended it sh- like uh, before she was due to be finished.
1: Yeah, half a season early.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because she, she was at She was at Virginia University, um, or was it is it Virginia University or University of Virginia?
1: University of Virginia.
0: There you go. I right. was going to say that first, and then I overcorrected myself, so I should have <laughs> just stuck to my instinct. Uh, then she was at Hawaii for a quick stint before she came back.
1: Yes. So, yeah, she just did a grad. I think she was a grad student at Hawaii and now she's studying at Sydney Uni.
0: Beautiful. Also someone I used to see on the sidelines at the Flames, Sydney Flames game. So I think she was getting in a little bit of practice with them as a train on squad. So I'm glad that she is also back in her home colours for Penrith. But, Lockie, this brings us to our very last team to cover. It is none other than your beloved Sutherland Sharks.
1: My beloved Sutherland Sharks, losing grand finalists in 2022. And hopefully can uh get back to the same same heights, but it's not going to be easy. It's very uh very competitive this season. And I guess we'll talk firstly about the losses. Uh we lost Lauren McCaffrey, uh just not playing. Uh Audre Pasakanis from Illawarra is now over in college. Georgia Jenner, I haven't seen her name on any roster. She's definitely not playing for Sutherland, so I'm not sure what the guy is there. But I think the big one is definitely Courtney West. Mm. Um, After that knee injury she suffered last season where she took everything out in that massive knee injury. So uh, that's going to be our toughest replacement because height, length, block shots for days, can finish around the rim. Just an all-around great player and... Even if you went to try and sign someone from another club, you're not gonna really be able to find another Courtney West.
0: Yeah, close to it would be like a Sarah Shika. Exactly. And she's not moving from Norse.
1: Uh, no. But with that said, two big ins. So Kelly had is back in the league.
0: Excellent. Love to see it. Welcome back, Callie.
1: Yes, you will see plenty of Callie is on the court. And also she's going to be joining our commentary team this season.
0: Yes, that's really, really great. Love seeing another female behind the mic in the commentary box. I reckon she is going to be a wealth of knowledge and lots of fun to work with.
1: She certainly will be. So we all know what Callie can do. She can handle the ball, finish off the glass, loves a mid-range pull-up, will run the point very well and definitely take some of the responsibility off Lauren Nicholson. And speaking of Lauren Nicholson... She has a teammate from Townsville Fire joining her at Sutherland this season in Eliza Fabro. Yeah, so, that's a
0: really big pool, isn't it? Now, like Eliza Fabro has been part of the Townsville Fire squad for the last couple of seasons. I think this year is a full rostered player. Last season as a DP, is that correct?
1: I think so. But so she's been she's a Townsville junior and she's been up there for forever playing for them in. WNBL and NBL1 slash QBL. And yeah, now she's uh, coming down here. But of course, we also have obviously Lauren Nicholson, Maddie Norris, shoot for days and work close to the basket. Um, Liv White is like trying to move a lighthouse in the paint. Uh, and then some younger players. Geordie Dewhurst is really starting to uh, take over some of the point guard duties as well. Emily Garland play two, three, Probably has the strength, if not the height, to even play the four. She does it at youth league level. And then one player I really want everyone to look out for this season on this team is Manuela Piljevic. So last year she was pulling double duty under 18s youth league. This year, NBL one. So she has. So last year she was doing so much other stuff. She wasn't. She didn't even have clearance to play NBL one last season. And now she's wow. been got the call up straight into the team.
0: That's your hot tip.
1: I really, I really think she can, uh, really take advantage of this opportunity. She was one of our best youth league players last year. I think she can really make the step up. Might take her a few games to find her feet at the higher level, but uh, no, no fear as we saw in her um, in preseason against Manly. And of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention the Helensburgh Hammer, Lauren Calver, if only for nickname. Reasons.
0: <laughs> now, is that a nickname that you coined?
1: That is a nickname that, that I coined. Okay, that
0: one you can claim. That one you yes. can
1: claim. Training although like although with the uh, way she runs the court in transition for Easy Barkets, we might have to call it the Sutherland Sprint.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe. Might need to do a bit of a poll out there to see what people uh, like the best.
1: I think I think the hammers. hammer's stuck.
0: The hammer's stuck now? Yeah. All right, hammer it is.
1: Yeah, so I think... Like, it's not going to be easy without Courtney West, but I think Sutherland will gunning. Like I think their own ambitions will be at least a top four.
0: Oh, absolutely! I definitely yeah. sees this Sutherland team as top four. No issue there. Eliza Fabro coming in from town. So as you said, she's going to fill that gap that Vanessa Panousis has left. Um, she's going to be a great outsider and uh, um, comrade to... Laura Nicholson, because I think their besties off-court too.
1: They I mean, oh, if Instagram's anything to go by, they certainly are. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah. The, uh, you yeah. mentioned
1: Panusus being out. That is one big out, um, mm-hmm. which Hove will help cover. But also Asia Cup this year, no WNBA players in the Opal squad. How many Opal's camps is Laura Nicholson going to go to? When will they be on? And who will Sutherland be playing when they're on?
0: Oh, gosh, Lockie, that is the million-dollar questions right there. That is a very, very
1: good point. Because if they play, say they play four games against teams when Lauren's at Opals Camps or in a squad, if they're against four teams they can beat without Lauren, that's fine. Mm. But if they're against four teams that can beat them when they don't have Lauren, that throws a real cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, She might be back for finals, but then have they fallen into a lower position and face a really tough team? Maybe they face COE in the semis instead of Manly or Norths or Albury.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. If it, if it falls yeah. that way,
1: they could play first instead of second in a place and, yeah.
0: Really good point. Really, yeah. really. I think that is going to be such a huge... Uh, determining factor for this Sutherland team. Uh, Jeremy Jones now stepping into the coaching role last year uh, with Shelley Bates. I believe she's just having a break from coaching, uh, from what I've been told, which is good. Got to have a balance in life. Um, so I feel like, that. yeah, that's going to be, everyone's going to be keeping their eye on that, hey, the times when Lauren Nicholson's not playing. Definitely. Because um, looking at the rest of the rosters, there's no one else in the NBL 1 East. Women's Conference that will potentially get called up for Opal duty either. So it's not like there's going to be a bunch of players scattered. Um, I mean, unless depending on who's available, <laughs> Isla Juffman, I don't know if it's too soon for shit her to get a,
1: well, a call I'm, up. Well, that's the thing. If there, there could be a Gems camp or a Sapphires camp gets thrown around as well or something like that happens or they pull a player in for just to give her a week's opportunity to test herself against the best. The yep. camps will probably be where COE train anyway. At, at the AIS, so yeah,
0: just turn up, Isla, and see what happens. Yeah, just invite yourself.
1: I'll probably all get made training partners anyway. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. So now that that we've wrapped up the rosters for NBL One East Women, tell me who's taking out the championship for twenty twenty three.
1: I don't want to say the same club I said for the men. <laughs> And, but- it's all, and also it can be so up in the air, but yeah. if they've got everyone at the important times, I'm going centre of excellence. Just the way they dismantled some of the East teams last year. And like I said, it was in weird situations, but I still don't think it's, um, it wasn't enough of a determining factor to, you know, to discard those results. So I'm going to go centre of excellence um, with, Sutherland, Manly and Norths right behind them, unless Aubrey have something up their sleeve, Import no, wise
0: They're the they're the teams I had in my mind for top four with perhaps Comets not close behind. Comets, Comets and Newcastle, I think, are going to be fairly matched. Um, I mean, depending if Comets actually get Shiloh Hill as the rumour mill.
1: That's the thing. If Comets get Shiloh, then... Yeah, straight away, Comets are a top four oh, chance.
0: So there you go. If Comets do sign Shyla, if that's actually true, she will be off for Opal's duties as well.
1: Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. If they have it, yeah, probably. Yeah, in camps, probably. if not the squad. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. So you've got uh, COE um, with Norse, Manly, and Sutherland in your top four. Mm. I. Oh, it's so hard to pick, but I seem to. I, my instinct is going with a with North Sutherland final.
1: Really, no COE.
0: Um, look, I just feel like oh, maybe North COE final. But I just feel like Renee's going to prepare a lot. Uh, she's going to do a research. She's going to do, do a lot of hard work to try and get over the COE. I feel like Renee's going to come up with some really good stuff to try and defeat them, and I think that. North, in a sense of their um, maturity as players and their team dynamic, I think that's going to go a long way to get over COE ev- eventually.
1: Um,
0: but look, listen, I'm not very good at predictions. At times I have to make predictions for like the World Cup, I totally suck. So,
1: yeah, me neither. I'm terrible. And even just saying that, I like, go and take a look back at that Aubrey roster and say, well, they've still got Mahadi and Hannon.
0: Yeah, I can't. It's, it's too much. See, this is why I don't even coach. It's, it's too, much pressure, to make <laughs> too a decision. much pressure. I just like saying as an assistant coach, here's the information. You can make a decision. I'm happy to get the information. Uh, but anyway, that will wrap up Episode 2 of East Got Game. Lockie, thank you so much for joining me and giving me all of the information that you can for these two episodes. Um, I'm looking forward to the first round. Do you want to give our listeners a reminder of when the season kicks off?
1: Season kicks off Saturday, March 11th, Game of the Week on KO Freebies. Also live streaming on the NBL One website. I'll be commentating on KO Freebies, Sutherland versus Newcastle at 5pm for the women and 7pm. And where can we find you, Squin?
0: Oh, on socials, you can find me at Jacinta underscore Govind on Instagram and you can find me at S underscore Squin on Twitter just because I like to confuse people.
1: And I'm at LockieHeel, H-E-E-L, on both Twitter and Instagram.
0: Yeah, see, you're smart. You kept it consistent. I put every possible name associated with my identity on the internet, so R-I-P me. (laughs) All right, let's wrap this up, buddy. We've got a WNBL game to watch. I'll see you next time.
1: Catch you later, Squin.